Welcome to the Road to Blake Street Banter, where one of us knows what the word banter means, and the other one is just along for the ride. What up, Tyler? I'm, I'm just along for the ride. What up? <laughs> <laughs> vroom, vroom. We are riding. Spring training is what? Two weeks away, I think? Three weeks away? I, we got World yeah, Baseball. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I, those dudes are, are like down there, I would think, at this point, right? Like, a lot of them are traveling down. I, I think the camp opens up next week. So yeah. we're going to get content in like the next week or two. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Like, and it, you, you got to imagine those guys are loving the uh, waste management golf tournament down there because oh. that's this weekend and they're starting to open up. Like today was day one of the waste management, which is arguably the best tournament in all of pro golf. And I know I've just seen some pictures on Instagram of the dudes just hanging our guys some of our friends of the pod are just down there hanging out in the in what is it hole 16 hole 18 um just doing fun things so camp it that's usually when i know camp is like all right it's here <laughs> which yeah, we're, they're they're lucky to have that tie-in right before the, seriously get, you know started for the season it's the last for raw seriously i i'm very envious of what they're able to do down there so our boys are down there they're having fun um Maybe Brett Boswell joined him. Brett Boswell is back. Uh, the what 2017 Rockies draft pick um, is back on a minor league deal, signed as a free agent. 2006, no, yeah, 17 on on a minor league deal uh, for, out of Texas. He's back. He's been all Colorado all the time. He just didn't get the contracts picked up at the end of last season, so he's back. I mean, another filler. He had 773 OPS on Albuquerque, which is a nice number, but might want a little bit more in Albuquerque, how you ever want to take it. He's just a nice, just a nice dude. Nice piece to add down there. Um, We would just be remiss if we didn't mention it. So double B is back. Yeah. You know, it's nice to get that. He plays some center and some second base. You always need depth there. So, and, and yeah, you know, Everyone can give the Rockies crap for being too loyal to guys, but I love being loyal to these guys and keeping them around for a while. Exactly. Um, you know, BB, let's let's go have a season. Yeah. Yeah, he can play all over. Second, third, center, left, and right. He was all over the place. So just good new little t- utility piece down there. Um, let's get into it. So saw this on Reddit. I don't go to Reddit anymore. It's like talking about deep and dark and just sad. Like I, yeah. I dabbled one random day. I was like, yeah, this is what's going on. It's like, oh shit. Like why, why are people so mad? And it's like the animosity there over there. Anyway, this guy staying shady on the Reddit got three upvotes. If that tells you wherever you want to know about Colorado Rockies Reddit, he asked this, which I thought was a really good question, but I, I'm afraid to answer it. So so I haven't followed baseball in almost 15 years, but I decided to buy MLB the show and want to do a franchise mode with the Rockies. So strike one, but who are the <laughs> players on the team that fans feel confident in building around? And I thought this was a good little piece that we could talk about here. Um, maybe we do like four, give our four players who we think we build around like a snake draft type thing. Just kind of off the whim a little bit, and I'll go first to give you a second. And you probably know who I'm going to pick, but I'm going to go Brendan Rodgers. I know some of you were thinking Dugan Darnell, but as a foundational piece, Brendan Rodgers is that dude. Again, if you've been listening, you know I'm a huge fan of Brendan Rodgers. He was the first guy I saw get drafted. Like I actually started following the draft. 
and his year last year, like he finally showed that he could do it, stay healthy, give him that chance, started picking it with the glove at second, started doing cool things with the bat later in the year. We will forget about April, but I just think he has so many tools and is finally clicking for him. And Scott Boris is now his agent. So there might be something there too. <laughs> Hopefully that doesn't hurt the foundation of the Rockies, but I think if Boris is going to take you on, he sees something in you too. So I, I do add a little bit of weight to that. So my first foundational piece is going to be B-Rod. And we are doing snake, Tyler. So you go too, back to back here. Back to back. Okay. Um, you know, this is tricky. I know I saw some of the comments to the replies to this included some prospects, or at least one of the replies did. You know, I think Zach Veen has to be one of those next. If you're thinking about who are the most valuable assets in the system, I think Zach Veen, whether he's one, two, three, or four, he he's among the top four. Yeah. Um, like if you had an expansion and you could only protect four guys, I think he is up there in that top four. So I'll just get him out of the way. Um, you know, there's I think there's some risk with him becoming like an all-star, like we all want him to be. Uh, they just certain things offensively haven't clicked all the time, but just so many tools, still so much upside. Just love to bet on that. And I, I had to g- toss him back to back with Rogers, those dudes, um, you know, from the same area in Florida, they're roommates in Arizona right now. Uh, they're working out together. So you got to hope that, that the MLB kind of energy is rubbing off on Zach Veen. And I think he's still 21. Like, <laughs> the young the young fella is gonna be um you know in a in a big spot this year non-roster invite to spring training he's gonna get it rolling um and then at three uh this i mean to. i think i should go there's you someone i should go with uh and and that's tovar kind of in the same mold as uh veen don't know exactly what we're gonna get at the mlb level yet that's a a big transition but I mean, the, how many guys come through a system that are really good shortstop defenders and also bring potential with the bat? Yeah. Uh, it's just not that common of a, of a profile to get. Usually you get a really good glove or you get a, a bat and you're hoping he can be good enough defensively. Tovar could be both. Could be, a, you know, a top five, definitely a top ten shortstop at some point in his career. And that's super exciting. Uh, kind of an, an invaluable piece to an organization. Now I'm going I'm to turn it back to you. I think there's two guys. You need your your number one in the rotation. Maybe you go yeah. in a different direction. I, <laughs> I think, think there's I two am. guys you could pick here to head the rotation. I, I think I'm going. I don't know about rotation. I Ooh, Okay. So that opens it up for you. I'm – I don't know. Maybe I'm ignorant. Maybe I'm a fool. But I, I really like Ularis Montero as a foundational piece. Play either the corners. You have a DH. So he got a little bit of that versatility. And the dude just smashes. He's built like the way he's built at what 23, 24, maybe. Oh, I'm not sure how old he is. Maybe Mike. I, I think that. 24 now. I think. So I just what he is and what we gave up for him, he is the Nolan trade, right? So there is a little bit of that in in my weight to it. I just he's too good um to not put on there. I just think that dude's gonna smash. He's gonna be an above average hitter as we go forward. And then the other Again, not going pitcher. I'm going the dream of every Rockies fan ever is having a consistent backstop back there. It's Drew Romo. The even if the bat doesn't come around, we saw a little bit last year. We can play put it on the injury. They didn't quite come 
up as much as we were hoping in year two uh, professional, but the defense is still there and he is like a top defensive ranked uh, minor league catcher in all of the systems. So if I'm going to pair him, I'm going to put him there to put your, um, your starting rotation piece with, because Drew Romo is going to be here at least five to 10 years once he makes it up there. So foundational piece, Drew Romo. I, I like you going a little bit against the, the obvious jump out off the page picks. Um, how Wait, how many more are we going to be doing? You got um, two. I got one. Okay. So now I'm going to just, I'm just going to get both these guys out of the way. I I have Kyle Freeland ahead of Marquez because okay. just looking at the, the contract situations, Freeland, you know, just signed an extension very consistent kind of profile that he brings. We saw Marquez just look a little rough last season. So those are my two picks, Freeland and then Marquez. Uh, you know, you can go either way with it. But right now, Marquez set to be a free agent after this season, if I'm not mistaken. I think the Rockies have an option on yeah. the contract, but it, it's still like his, con- his, his time with the Rockies as of now looks to be winding down. Whereas with Freeland, you know he's locked in for like five more seasons. Uh, I I just don't see a way for his game to take a step back. Whereas we saw that with Marquez. Mm-hmm. Freeland is going to be that consistent mid-rotation guy. Marquez last season was more like a number five than he was the number one we know he can be. So that's kind of why I'm just leaning Freeland over Marquez. But those two very solid starters. I think they'd be in any team's rotation Aside from maybe a couple of those those big market yeah. uh, money stuffers, those two also invaluable to any organization, especially the Rockies. Yeah, I agree. I have a question. I have a follow up question um, about one of those two guys, but I don't want to get off track. We're gonna stay. We're gonna keep the train on the right track here. I honestly don't know where I'm going with this, but I keep going back to warming Bernabel. I just. You heard me last week talk about him. Dude has it. He's 21 years old, playing in Hartford. He just has all the tools. He's starting to catch everybody's eyes. He's on the prospect, top prospect list. He can play the corners. If you want to, you can probably put him at second. Um, he just has, I think, that big league talent right there with him. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go as the eighth pillar to this foundation. I'm putting Warming out there with Montero and Romo and the crew. Who who do you think I was gonna say? I I honestly was kind of certain. I was thinking maybe you'd throw out McMahon. Yeah. Um, I thought maybe we could get a Benny Montgomery sighting, but <laughs> at the end of the day, Bernabel combines a like. I mean, he's on the forty man. Yeah. And and like you know, like you're saying, there's there's a lot of just skills that are gonna translate, uh, right away. How good he's gonna be, we'll we'll have to find out. But you know, there's some skills there presently and the the age factor is kind of what we're basing this off of right yeah. now like we could have said chris value. bryant because yeah exactly this is we're looking future right now long term i was i almost said chris bryant with one of my last picks but the dude's over 30 um you know any year now things could really really slow down we saw a year of injury for him um things could really slow down any time now but the young guys it's only up from here um you know they're not gonna just all of a sudden fall off so I, I do I think I think things get murky after like the after the pitchers it's hard to go after there so I, yeah. I I think that is a solid pick though yeah like there's a lot of talent there but like foundational talent it's yeah. get a little murky 
And Benny was on fire at the end of last year. I almost went with him. I was thinking up the middle, right? You go, you go, uh, catcher, shortstop, center. Benny, Benny was on the on the end, but just I think he just needs to fill it out a little bit and show it for a full season. He had injuries and he played out very, very, very well at the end of the season. I think he like yeah. player of the month ending last year for Fresno. So he's got it. I would just like to see it a little bit more, I guess, before I say foundational. Um, but my question, my follow-up. So you Darvish and the Padres spent some money. Um, they did not take Dick Monfort's advice to stop spending money. <laughs> and they said, screw you, Dick, like the rest of us, and spent some money. They extended you Darvish six years, 108 million. So he's 36 years old now. So he's going to be 42 at the end of this contract. So my follow-up question for those foundational pieces, are you giving Freeland and Marquez, ignore Freeland's current contract and all that. Like right now, let's say they're free agents at the end of this year. Are you trying to sign them to a six, eight years, go eight year contract for roughly the same AAV as a you here? Because Freeland's about 29 and Herman's 27 or vice versa. Yeah, Herman's 27. I think, yeah, if they both were impending free agents, I would give, I, because of the way the Darvish, con- the, the AAV on that is like, I think it's like 18 or something. It's like 6108. Um, the math is not quite right on that. 18, yeah. Is it, is it actually 18? All right, yeah. cool. I'll take the, the mentals there, <laughs> the mental math. Yep. 18, 18 mil a year, you throw that to Freeland and Marquez, like I'm taking that every day. Uh, with Darvish, the reason it's that low is because, um, you know, hit, I think when he's 41, 42, he's probably getting like $5 million a year. Yeah. I think this contract was definitely structured so that uh, they can pay him a lot up front and just keep him around. Uh, so if you're getting 18 mil a year for those, for Freeland Marquez, it's hard to imagine that those guys are not living up to that. Um, if there's a place to sign, I would, I would urge those guys to sign those, those 18 mil a year extensions Seriously. right now. Yeah. Cause I was going back and forth. Like I saw it and I was like, Oh, that's gross. Like, but we all, again, if you listen to a few pods ago, I don't like the big contracts. I'm glad we're avoiding those. I I'm glad the players get theirs, but I don't know if I would like to see Kyle Freeland pitching until he's 42 in Colorado. No offense to Kyle, but like, that's just a long time and very few pitchers can do it not at altitude at that old let alone at altitude so i don't know i just wanted to throw that out there it's just a fun question if there's one guy i would bet on to pitch till he's 42 for the win the rockies organization yes it'd be kyle yeah absolutely I i love watching marquez pitch when he's on but i'm not betting that he is sticking it out for another 10 plus years in, no. in major league baseball but freeland i could see him being like that legit 15 16 year veteran who is productive kind of until the very end yeah like he he has that fire and he has he never has relied on velocity so i think he'll be able to, to keep that hit the stuff going for a while yeah uh, that's yeah. that's gonna be a fun thing to watch he'll i think he's he's got to be a career rocky so we'll be seeing him for for a long time what is his contract right now i know he got the extension last year do we know what his contract is off the top of our head? Uh, I th- I think last season was a was a six year extension or no it was five years sixty four million last season. Okay, so, so... it's gonna carry him through twenty twenty seven. Um, he'll make seventeen mil in twenty twenty seven. So well, thirty four. If, if he has a hundred seventy innings in twenty twenty six, 
it vests for 2027. Okay. Uh, and then 2028, he'd be 35. He would be a free agent. So, so 35 year old Kyle Freeland extension. This is a possibility. <laughs> we might get the 40 year old Kyle there. Um, which did you see the news? I mean, it's baseball news. So it's world baseball classic news. Kyle Freeland did not make the opening day roster for the team USA. He is listed as an alternate, but he did not make that, uh, that opening day, which kind of sucks. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy that just represent what he wants to represent and what he just embodies. He's going to rep it to the fullest. Yeah. And he's, he's that kind of guy who should be on a WBC roster, but at the end of the day, you know, he's not a top 50 starter. And well, I guess when you think about Americans, he's, he's probably a top 20, top 25 yeah, American easily. born starter. So he's not like that home run pick to be like, get him in the, the rotation for the yeah. Americans. But he deserves it still. And I think I was reading an article on the Athletic about Javi Baez and how he loves pitching, like playing for Puerto Rico, and like him having the World Baseball Classic is probably going to help Javi reach peak Javi rather than spring training. And I kind of had that same sentiment about Kyle Freeland, like having meaningful games, competition breeds success early in the season. I could imagine that would help somebody like Kyle with that fiery mentality very Javi-esque when he's on the mound. Um, yeah. And so I thought that was kind of a good way to kind of look at it. I mean, it's probably different for a pitcher than it is a everyday position player, but it just kind of, I put that with the Kyle Freeland news, just something to think about, but I mean, Kyle's going to be fine. Like dude, <laughs> dude's fiery no matter where he's at. It'll, that's good. If he doesn't pitch in the WBC, he's just going to be fiery and, like this season, he'll be yeah. like, I have something to show these people. Yeah, I'll be back there in four years. Um, he, he's not a guy who's like, oh, I got to prove myself. He's like, I just need to show them what like they're doing is yeah. and why it's wrong. Exactly. Yeah, and we'll do, we'll go real quick. Um, Rockies from Nick Roke, notable Rockies and ex-Rockies on the World Baseball Classic rosters. Daniel Bard um, on there, Nolan Arenado, Adam Adovino. Our team USA, Herman Marquez and Yuli Sassin is for Venezuela. Thought this was cool. Alan Trejo is playing for the Mexico team. Yeah. He got that call, which is awesome. Elias Diaz for Colombia, Carlos Estevez for Dominican Republic, and John Axford for Canada. Axe man. <laughs> yeah. So just some ex Rockies hanging out and some now Rockies doing it too. So World Baseball Classic. I'm pretty pumped. I know last time James was on, he was pretty pumped about it too. Uh, maybe we do a world baseball classic uh bracket bsb bracket or something we'll put something out there I, might as well yeah no that'd be fun so keep an eye out on that put something on it um all right let's get into it let's get spicy i know my energy is a little low i'm draining my week's been long so let's fire it back up pin verlander fun. so i'm gonna start with ben verlander i'm gonna get spicy there <laughs> bring it up a little bit and then we're going to go to his second favorite team right behind Otani, whatever team Otani's on, the Tigers. Ben Verlander gave his stupid tier position tiers and says, really good, very good, kind of just solid. He had 26 shortstops on that list. Ezekiel Tovar was not on that list. and we, But he doesn't have a track record in the majors, blah, blah, blah. Nah, you still put... I feel like every team should have a representative at shortstop if you're going to do a yeah. tier list. I think tier lists are silly but if you're gonna do it 
do it and then let alone leave the Rockies off of it after you just got mad at them for not doing it. And then they're bringing up their number one prospect that everybody knows and everybody enjoys and everybody's seen the national media saw at, I know, I guess they didn't see him at futures game last year. They saw the swag that he had off of Kershaw. Yeah. So. So like there's that and Ben just does Ben things. And that got me fired up. Just like if, uh, and I'm sure he left other Rockies off other tier lists. I just happened to see that a few days ago. And I was just like, this is stupid after my entire rant last week. So Ben Verlander still doing Ben Verlander thing. So whatever, but what we're here to talk about Tyler reeling it back in is why aren't the tigers getting any flack from the national media? Right? So Jolly Olive from John boy media posted a, it was a, it was a clip from the athletic. Can you tell us the athletic talking about, team rankings yeah. and stuff but it's the tigers still have the number 30 ranked farm system after a decade of perpetually rebuilding is genuinely insane completely agree like if you are going to try to rebuild you don't do it the way the tigers did and any baseball fan can see that to a point yet we don't really hear anything about the tigers we hear that they spend a lot of money and it didn't quite work, but they spent a lot of money and they made back-to-back World Series, what, three World Series champion um, appearances in six, ten years or something. So, like, you have that. But, like, the Tigers then decided to rebuild, and that rebuild has gone horrendously. Their farm system is way worse than the Rockies. They have nothing up at the major league level. Yet, they didn't spend any money. I think they might have spent less money than the Rockies this year. This year. And yet they're just just skating by without any any stupid tweets from Ben Verlander and his colleagues. I just, it's just again the Rockies are an easy punching bag, and no everybody wants to do it because Dick Monfort's Dick Monfort, but nobody's talking about the Detroit Tigers, and that's annoying. Um, yeah, here's my favorite stat about the Tigers right now: since 2017. The number of years with a winning percentage over 40%, two, two years since 2017, that's six, six seasons, two over a 40% win percentage. And one of those last season, they were like two wins above. Like if they, they, they won 66 games and if they had won two less games, they would have been below that 40%. You know, they have a season in there, 47 wins. They haven't made the playoffs since 2014, you know, and again, there's no light. You can't, there's, there's not even a light at a, at the end of a tunnel that looks like it's 10 miles long. It's not even like that. It's like, they have a couple really good players. You know, one of them, Tariq Skubal is injured. Like his, he had an elbow injury. He's not going to be on the opening day, you know, mound. Riley green is a good center field prospect. Spencer Torkelson, like he looked outmatched last season. Otherwise, I'm just going to name a couple guys who are right now penciled in as starters. I bet anyone listening has not heard of these people. Nick Maton is set to start at third base for them. Acquired via trade this offseason. Yeah. Um, Akil Badu, who I think a lot of people have heard of, but he's going to start in left field for them. I, I don't think Akil Badu is quite a, a was, starter. Was huge two years ago, was a bust last year, spent most of his time last year in minors. Yeah. Um, you've got Eric Haas at catcher, who is not a, a great defensive player. Uh, 
you know, there's just and then the the rotation's really what gets me. You have Eduardo Rodriguez who just left last season. You have Matt Boyd who I believe I don't remember what his he, situation was last season, but basically got sent out the door because he was he did not live up to expectations with the Tigers a couple years ago. Yeah. Matt Manning, who as at the moment looks like you know a fringe prospect bust, doesn't look like his stuff is going to be good enough to be like a solid starter. Maybe he just sticks as a fifth starter. Michael nothing. Lorenzen, who is a freaking relief pitcher, DH two way guy, like respect his gains. He's huge. He's shredded. He's not like a guy you really should be counting on in your rotation. And then Spencer Turnbull, who is like a a, a fifth star. They basically threw got a no no though. Turnbull threw a new no. It's that's yeah no that is true. <laughs> but 106 innings the last two years, like he's not a guy who's been no. staying healthy. Yes. You know, it, it's just their rotation to me is funny. Everything about their team right now is funny, and the farm system offers no hope. It's it's bleak. It's bleak in Detroit land. And that's not to shit on all the Tigers and their fans. It's just... I'm, we understand you, you We guys, feel you. Fans. We understand. And, like, I talk to my Tiger friends up here all the time. Like, it's terrible. I mean, I got the flag behind me. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's part of my baseball life, too. And it's... Like, the Illiches love to spend money. And they stopped because the previous GM was like, hey, we can just do rebuild but none of the rebuilding has worked out. None of the development has panned out. Like you thought the Rockies are bad at developing. Look at the Tigers. And like this Manning, Scooble, um, there's another young pitcher in there that I should remember who's like the next, they should have like three or four like solid starting pitchers, but none of them can stay healthy and none of them have really made that step forward to be that guy, like the JV, the Max that they were kind of used to up in Detroit land. So, like, there's something in that development. Like, Spencer Torkelson, 1-1, one, one, just could not hit anything last year. So, maybe this is us crapping on the Tigers. I don't know. It's more of the Rockies that continue to be a punching bad when they're – you can take – what would you take? Ten minutes, maybe five minutes to do that research and see, like, what the Tigers are doing and how badly they're doing it. Like, they don't have Ezekiel Tovar anywhere in their system. I mean, I guess Riley Green is probably their Ezekiel Tovar. Yeah. But they don't have a Zach Bean. They don't have that Drew Romo. Like, they don't have those guys coming up behind them. Like, it's it's dark down here. So, just wanted to point that out. Like, it's not just us being homers. It, it really is just an easy thing for the national media to do. And I'm kind of over it. I am over it. I am definitely over it. Uh, yeah. I mean, the Rockies, we all know where they're at. I, I don't think that they're a, a top three worst run organization in baseball. Like you got mm. the Tigers, the Pirates, you know, I, I think they're thinking in the right direction now, but like, they're still years away. The athletics will never spend more than like 60 million on their payroll. And yeah. the Rockies get the most hate, you know, of course they deserve hate, but I just think it's time to start looking at some of the, these other teams. And you got like art, art Moreno, the owner of the angels, They've got the yeah. two literally the two talk most talented players in baseball, and they can't even touch the playoffs. So, like, if the Rockies had Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, I can promise you they would be like an eighty-five to ninety win team, which is still bad for having those two guys. But, but there's a lot of issues around the league, and it seems like a lot of them are like barely jokes at this point. They're just kind of like, oh yeah, the Angels they don't do very well. 
moving on. Rockies, they suck <laughs> right. so much. <laughs> right. And maybe we just see it more because we are Rockies pundits and all yeah. that. But however, I mean, I did to the Angels, I guess, Angels credit, whatever. Nobody was happy that Art Marino decided to stay on <laughs> like and keep the team. Was so Nobody was happy about that, which is which kind of shows you where they're, everybody's there over there at. But like, it's just, and that's a prime example of spending money and not working out at all. Like, remember Anthony Rendon, um, Mike Trout, Otani, and like, you can spend all that money, but you better be spending money also on all the other positions. You can't just buy three or four players. So that's where I kind of come in. Like the Rockies not buying two or three players right now to be good is fine because it doesn't work that way. You just can't execute that way. You have to buy a lot like the Padres are doing, like the Mets are doing, like the Phillies did last year. You're buying a lot of talent, not just pieces here and there. Um, I don't know. That felt better for me. I think I feel good about that. I don't you you in a good spot? I yeah, I think so. I think okay. we got we got some more of the the dirt <laughs> off our backs. So all that's, right, Let, that's the theme of this pod in the off season. We're just venting just, about um, some unfair things that are going down. Get it all out now. Um, all right, so let's talk rocks. We have a few segments here. So just giving you a quick rundown what to expect the rest, rest of the way. Non-roster invites. Like, who do we think that dude's going to be? Predicting the Rockies starting five. A lot of different takes out there. Um, we're going to give ours and maybe a starting rotation at Albuquerque and what to expect. And then we're going to give you a quick rundown of the top 100 prospects across the MLB Baseball America in the athletic, which I thought was the athletic one was kind of interesting. Um, yeah. But we'll end on that. Let's start with the non-roster invites. So, a lot of guys on this, we didn't touch base. I think they released it like the day after we recorded last week, two weeks ago. Um, I guess, so the question, like stick to the rundown, Aaron. Which one do we see making the biggest, oh, he's a dude jump. So like two years ago, we saw Hecularius Oliveris. Like he got everybody's attention in Rocky's land. Ezekiel Tovar last year was that guy. Like, holy, yeah, he's a dude. Who on this like non-roster invite is a dude at the end of spring training this year. Um, and if you don't know what the non-roster invite is, we'll put a link in the bio in the uh, description of the pod here. So you can click on that for easy access or just go find Patrick Lyons. He, he posted it too and everybody else, but who's that dude. And I'm thinking prospects, prospect dudes, the prospect dudes. I think the one prospect dude, I have two guys who are not prospect dudes. I'll, I'll like just give them a mention in a sec, but the prospect dude, and this one's just say. to go a little a little out of the box, because um, I think he might not get as much love as, as some of the other guys as Case Williams. And I'm not just saying this because we've talked to him before. Um, like he just has he actually has so much talent. And what was what's been so crazy since he got to Pro Ball is seeing him like go from, oh wow, I just graduated high school like a couple months ago, and pro baseball is really giving me a run for my money to now this year the dude was like at the below the well below the league average age and he's just shredding guys up. So he has more than enough stuff to be a really good pitcher. I think in spring training, we're going to see him, um, you know, just throw some heat, buckle some knees and, yeah. and get a lot of buzz as like, Oh wait, that guy might be in the Rockies rotation next year. Yeah, I I mean, you kind of stole my thunder there. Case William, 20-year-old, about to turn 21 next week. Um, literally next week. Um, happy birthday, Case. But he is, I think, he has that fiery mentality that Kyle Freeland has. 
there was an article I was reading. He talked to somebody um, and he was trying to, he was talking about just like the off season, just having that time off. And he was trying to figure out like why he was bored or like why he wasn't competing or doing like what he's supposed to. And he was playing cards with his grandma and grandpa and he was competitive as could be and taking them out in cards. And like, that's when he realized like, all right, this is what drives me is competition. And when he said that in that article, I was like, yeah, go watch him in Fresno, go watch him in Hartford. Cause you can't see Spokane games. Like you can see uh-huh. that fieriness come out in him on the mound. Like I remember at Fresno, like he was like five or six innings. He's at the tail end of his like energy level, right? Like if you're in MLB the show, he's coming down to like the 30, 20 down but dude was fired up and still just battling. Like you would expect like a Kyle Freeland type battle with all those guys. And just like, keep me on this mound. I'm going back out. And I think people are going to see that this spring training and keep an eye on it. Like he's a Colorado guy. He has that fire and he's built like this as a 21 year old. And it's just, I think there's a lot to that. And I, I mean, he's my pick. <laughs> he was going to be my pick to, I guess, switch it up a little bit. I think Hunter Goodman, I think yeah, just, that was gonna be he's going to have like 20 dongs in spring training. He can hit and he's, he's going to be a first baseman, but he could double up as a catcher. He can play right field if you need him to. Um, but his bat is going to take him places and he's going to put that on full display. I think this year, like no offense to Grant Levine and like Carl Kaufman and like some of our other friends, um, but I think, I think Hunter and, um, and case are those guys. Well, and what was interesting and I forget where I read this, so I can't, you know, give it that citation. I want to say it was, it was someone talking to Chris Forbes and they, and he said like, Hey, like Goodman looks like a, a good defensive catcher. Like, I guess maybe he's taken those strides that he might yeah. actually get some good looks behind the dish but obviously his bat is what's carrying him. So he's, I, I, you know, he's someone who just all of last season, Hartford, I think any guy who's getting pushed up two levels and then reaches double A is going to have a tough go, but he still had a few home runs when he got to Hartford. I mean, what did he, he almost led the minor leagues in home runs. So yeah, I think it was at third. this point, I think he's bordering on, like I'm, I'm someone in my prospect list. I don't have him that high. He's a hot start away from, from being like a top 10 prospect in the system. Like, yeah, I just want to see it against the upper minors kind of talent, maybe in spring training. Like he, the results for him are off the charts. You just have to consider like, do you think it's going to keep going? If he shows it's going to keep going, like we're looking at a guy who might be like, Hey, Drew Romo, I'm going to start a lot of games back here too. Um, for the Rockies that, Dude, yeah. If, if we could have a Romo Goodman one, two for five, six years, behind the plate give me that all day it like even if i i think with him his floor at the major league level it's hard to imagine he's not hitting well over double digit homers he might hit 180 but he's gonna find his swings and and hit the ball over the wall that's kind of like his floor so if he can just kind of make some strides as a hitter be a little more patient. You yeah, don't want to sacrifice what, what gets you your money, which is being aggressive and, and getting on top of pitches. But if he can develop a little as a hitter, like he is going to be a dude. I think he deserves a little bit more, more love and attention in the system. And one of the topics we wanted to talk about with this non-roster list is there's a lot of catchers on there. And when you look at Braxton Fulford, uh, Willie MacGyver, 
uh, Reniker Palma is another interesting one. These guys are all like they profile as as decent catchers. Like the Rockies have a lot of catching depth now. Um, you know, this year we've well, the last couple of years we've just seen a lot of issues at that position. It's hard to imagine that persists after this season. Yeah, yeah, and and seeing this list, I know James is crying somewhere because Carlos Perez isn't on it, but. <laughs> There's yeah six catchers in it. The Ronicker Palma. I don't know much about Palma. I know the Rockies system seems to like him. Like I see him everywhere. Everybody talks about him very highly. I thought that was interesting. People love Fulford's defensive um, catching. Also, uh, he he had a really good year at Fresno last year too. There is. It kind of feels like all right. So what do we have in Willie and what like what do we have in that that that, that number two position? As we go forward, um, I really like the relief pitchers on here. Um, yeah, like Stephen Jones. Uh, like I'm really excited about him. Valdez, we talked baseball about him last year, and the Logan Allen signing. I'm kind of curious. It's big arm talent, and how did we get him? And he's here. What can the Rockies get out of him? Are we going to get out anything from him? Like, can we figure it out? Because nobody else could. But he's a he's one I'm I'm watching. Hopefully it makes some noise, but he's definitely one I'm watching closely. All right. And then, so yeah, the two dudes that I just want to, the two dudes that I really expect to take that leap where it's like, okay, they have to, they have to make the opening day roster. Um, our, our dude hitting Harold, like, it's not a joke, it, even though it's funny. Like I just love saying hitting Harold, mm-hmm. um, but like, he's actually a good hitter. Uh, he doesn't really like swing and miss all that much. A lot of good contact. And then Phillips Valdez, who you mentioned, I think he's just going to like blow dudes away in spring training and make the opening day roster. I just, just a quick aside we we know we were, we're set to move on in a sec, but Antonio Sensatello is going to start the season on the 60 day yes. IL you would imagine. So there is a spot for someone to earn in spring training you know, maybe some other guy suffers an injury, knock on wood that that doesn't happen, but maybe someone already has suffered an injury and it just hasn't been covered that well. Um, so there's at least one 40 man spot that'll get opened up. I think that's this week actually that you can yeah. place players on the, the 60 day aisle. So things are going to be moving. We're going to get a better idea of who's actually going to make um, the 40 man roster. Uh, Harold Castro and uh, Phillips Valdez, I think are, are the top two guys. Colt Tucker yeah. will be in that mix. And then there's a bunch of those pitchers um, with MLB experience, like Fernando Abad, Logan Allen, Ty Block, Josh Rogers, Matt Koch, Coke. Not not Coke. sure which which pronunciation we got there. Yeah, one of those guys. They're going to make the big league roster out of spring training. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, it is, and I think I I put money on Valdez getting that nod, just that relief pitcher piece yeah. there. I just I think it happens. I mean, and good segue. We we we're good at those here. Predict the Rocky starting five. So you mentioned it. We have Senza going on the forty man. We'll come back probably July August. Uh, doubt it's much sooner than July, but you definitely have Marquez and Freeland as the one two. How are you filling out three four five? Um, just to recap, as we get our brains going, Connor Seabold's in the fold. Remember they signed. The one free agent pitcher, um, Urena, Feltner, Gomber, got Ryan Rollinson, Peter Lambert, um, Noah, Noah Davis, Carl Kaufman, 
Danielson, Danielson Lamette has experience as a starter. So like there's what, eight, nine options possibly to fill in as the three, four, five here. Um, let's, let's go back and forth. So we're, we're going to fill the three, four, five in together. Um, just again, BSB going off the cusp here. So Mark has one Freeland two. you know, more than I do. So you're going to get through two picks. Who's your number three starter. I'm going number four and then you'll go five. I'm just going to make sure my dude gets in there at number three, Ryan Feltner. Like yeah. he's a dude. Uh, I just, ironically, just before we hopped on the pod, I saw Mario uh, from Purple Row hyping him up a little bit in his changeup. And this is something, la- I, if you guys go back to the pods in the offseason last year, I was like, yo, Ryan Feltner has a really good changeup. And yes. it looked amazing when he threw it this season, but he threw it 6% of the time. So I think the kicker this season, he's comfortable at the MLB level. He mixes the changeup in more, and he's a dude. So I... I think he'll be the, I mean, he'll be in the rotation, I think is what's going to happen. I'm putting him at three just because I want to, you know, to thrust <laughs> him in there. Yeah. So, yeah. I, um, I like, I like, I really do like Feldner. I, he's probably my comeback pitcher of the year for the Rockies. Um, if he even qualifies for that. <laughs> so now here it's, do I go with my heart? Do I go with realistic? And I'm going back and forth with Gomber and Urena. So I'm going to, I'm going to go just go realistic. Number four, Urena. He's gonna be in the rotation as much as possible. There's a reason they brought him back. He was wasn't terrible. I'll get Mike on it while I talk about it. Like I almost went Gomber, just because I'm a I like his arsenal. I like the his ability to kind of control and command. That curveball is really fun to watch. But the way the Rockies used Gomber last year, I just don't see them trusting him in the rotation all that way. So there is that. Yeah, so Urena last year, five plus ERA, 501, 63 strikeouts, a one five whip. Um, if I go to the game logs, if I could figure that out, it felt like it was very one was really good, one was really bad. I know he had yeah. one inning, one outing was like, yeah, 1.1 innings, nine runs. Like, <laughs> and then that was sandwiched with the meat of the sandwich, five innings, two runs allowed, and then a 5.1, six earned runs. And that was at Cincy. So, and then he ended the season with, four straight starts five plus with one run or less. So like he has the stuff that could play the Rockies are going to put him in the starting rotation. We should expect to see Urena every fifth day. I mean, we signed him. So let's use him that way. Don't know if I like it. I, I personally would much rather see a Noah Davis, Carl Kaufman, blah, blah, blah. However, you sign it for that one year contract, use him like that. Let him eat some innings I and mean, let him perform and trade him in July. <laughs> Yeah, right. But ideally, that's what he's working towards. So realistically, I think Urena is the number four starter. Yeah, it's hard to imagine he's not in there. Um, and I'm, I think the storyline kind of going forward in the season is going to be who wins, ultimately wins that fifth spot once mm-hmm. Sensatella is healthy come July. And I'm going to just stick with Gomber. Uh, I want to say and we'll kind of give the rundown on the other guys yeah. why it's not that likely but gomber you know had a really good 2021 2022 kind of fell off the rails a little bit um i gotta give him some credit though he had a pretty serious back injury at the end of 21 uh gotta think there there might have been some residual effects um and just kind of being thrown out of rhythm because of that 
just got to reconfigure the fastball a little bit. That's the only reason he was not good last season. You know, the breaking pitches weren't quite as effective, but the fastball just got like murdered. Uh, he's yeah. got to figure out another another approach with that, whether it's adopting, you know, a cutter or a sinker. He's just got to do something different, or maybe he, he's been working this season to try to get more arm strength and throw that thing, you know, 92 to 94 with more regularity. And if that's the case, I think he will win that rotation spot season long. And I want him to. What we saw in 2021 was a lot of fun. He was really aggressive. The two breaking balls were re- working super well. Um, and then this year, just I think the the book was out on him. And we saw that with Freeland a couple of years ago. Teams had the book on him. And he really changed a lot up last season and was consistent from start to finish, like, just finding ways to get guys out and not be predictable. So that's where Austin Gomber needs to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I really want I wanted to pick Ryan Rollison, but I think coming off of basically two straight years of, of injury, I think he's got to get eased back into things, no matter how good he looks. I think he'll start in triple a just for that reason, just to get some build up. but he's, he's a sleeper. He could totally eat up spring training and, and be the Rockies are like, Hey, here's the fifth spot in the rotation, dude. Yeah, and the Rockies love Rollison, um, so they're definitely going to put some weight on that and kind of see what they have out of him. I mean, throw Peter Lambert into that injured for the last two years too. Peter Lambert's been all over the map the last 21-22 seasons. He he did get some Arizona Fall League number outings. He pitched seven innings out there. Didn't go well, and his time in Albuquerque last year didn't go well for Peter. However, that was after Tommy John coming back at the rehab and just getting some innings at the end. I mean, and we'll touch base. I want to touch base on Noah Davis. Uh, get I he has the stuff. He's tinkering. His cutter looks insane that he posted the other day. Yeah. Um, and he he's a tinkerer. And so, like I know I've said this again at the end of last season pods and a few times in these off season, he tinkers. And so, like every outing is a little bit different. He's trying to figure something out. He's trying to figure out how to control it. Um, but I'll just throw this number out at you all. His September month of September, um, he pitched. 17 innings, three games, started three games, only allowed three runs in those 17 innings, had 17 strikeouts. Um, where's his walks? Walked six people. It, it combines to be a whip of 1.1 strikeouts per nine, 8.8. So, like, he stopped tinkering out of those last three starts, and those were playoff, like, caliber starts as the yard ghosts were trying to fight for a playoff spot. And then he got the nod to the major league club. So he has the stuff. He's already on the 40-man roster. He has that. I think he's that number six, number seven guy if he doesn't start in the in the uh, bullpen, in the arm barn this year. Like, there's there's so many just on the cuff. Like, we didn't even mention Connor Siebold, but we did last week. There's, like, five or six that are on the cuffs of being a four or five starter. So there's that's definitely something I'm going to be watching as the season goes on, like, which prospect is stop, stepping up to be that fill-in for Senza while he's gone, and then who's going to fight for that fifth spot when Senza gets back. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. But yeah, It's nice to have some some insurance this year. In the, in the past, it's just been a little too, like, let's give Chi-Chi Gonzalez the reins. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's been a lot of guys you just don't really want to see making starts. This year, there's seven guys that I will – you know, sit down and, and be excited to watch them pitch. Yeah. So that's just a new thing. And, and it's, it's definitely exciting. Spring training is going to be a lot of fun because of that. There's just so many different ways this could all 
shake out. Because, yeah, to Siebold, you know, doesn't have a lot of MLB experience, but he's got pretty good stuff and was really good in AAA last year. So he's not out of the running. And then you look at uh, Denelson Lamette. He was he finished fourth in NL Cy Young in 2020. Like, he totally wants to be a starter. But the question will be, you know, does do the Rockies let him? Does he ultimately think that's the best decision for his arm and his body? I, I so I kind of doubt he starts, but right. he's just another option, and I, I I'd I'd endorse that if they want to let him start a little bit and maybe have him be a four inning type yeah, of starter. Just get out there. I would. I I don't think that's a bad idea. Let's bring back the openers. Yeah, I mean he he could be a a glorified opener who instead of going one inning can go once through the lineup and if he's if he's dealing let him start the second round through um you know i think that that's kind of that is kind of a future of baseball i don't want all openers but expand that rotation like as a give your guys an extra day off yeah and you throw your your opener in there for three innings um so it's not a bowl a complete bullpen day but uh it keeps your rotation fresh and i think for the rockies they've always been the should we do the six-man rotation I think the opener would be a really good way to kind of halfway do it. So they that, tried, they tried it last year. They tried it last year with Gomber and Feltner. Yeah. They remember as they're trying to navigate what to do with those guys and see how Gomber does in the pin. I think it was like three, at least three games where they, they opened with one of the two and then closed it, middled it with the other guy. Shit. Is that our fifth starter? <laughs> is Gomber Feltner? opener the number five starter the combination just building a, a super soldier yeah hopefully dick's not listening like Gomber's um, left arm and Feltner's <laughs> right arm just two just pitches combine it together <laughs> yeah oh, that would be fun um and we didn't even mention carl coffin who would be next on the list and definitely yeah, he's, he's in the mix yeah yeah so i mean with that let's i mean we kind of talked about it, so we don't need to talk touch base on all of them but what about the starting rotation in Albuquerque? We touched base on it a little bit. Like the rotation in Albuquerque is going to be good. And if that's not good, the rotation in Hartford is going to be good. So like, and then <laughs> Spokane is probably going to have a solid two or three guys up there too. Like thinking about some of the names that we might see there. So the starting pitching is there. Um, I guess just three or four for sure guys in Albuquerque. I don't know if we need to go all five touching on it. Um but like I could see, I really want to see Nick Bush come back after his injury last year. Just crafty hits his spots, 93, 94 with that slide piece and change up. Like he, he's going to be good. Like imagine he's there for sure. And then you throw in Carl and Noah. Does Joe Rock make it? I think Joe Rock's. Yeah. I think you just have Peter, you have Lambert and Rollison and stuff. All right, so that's my five. I, I know I just rambled on, and this is where I'm at. So Nick Bush, Carl Kaufman, Noah Davis, Peter Lambert, Ryan Rollison are my five stars starters in Albuquerque. I, 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 I still see I see I see Connor as a reliever, um, and you'll touch base on him, I'm sure. But Josh Rogers, I'll see. It's just kind of a either here or there. Yeah, I think I'll just start off with Rogers, Josh Rogers. He's the journeyman minor league contract kind of guy he starting pedigree i think he'll be in the he'll be in the rotation um and then it, it just says who doesn't make the big league roster i think rollison will be there mentioned him i think lambert also just to get him worked back up yep. two spots left i think i think nick bush and carl kaufman probably get those spots 
Maybe Siebold, like you said, gets gets a, a bullpen look. And I think Noah, given that we saw him pitch out of the bullpen last season, I, I think there's a strong chance that that's sort of where he's he's going. It's so crazy, though, that they actually have, like, Albuquerque rotations have never been good. <laughs> Dude, and do you remember year, last like, year? You know, it's it, like there's Frank some and, rough games. Frank Duncan went down, and it was just like, oh, shit, here we go. Well, that, oh, that was, that's, that's a not a good memory to bring up. Yeah. Um, but, like, this year, it's like, who's not going to make the rotation? Because we didn't mention Mitch Kilkenny, Mike Ruff, and you you did mention Joe Rock. Those are all guys who pitched extensively at double-A last season. There's not, there's no spots. There, there's just not spots for everyone. So having this kind of depth is is fun. Um, I think my my certain three though: Rogers, Rollison, and Lambert. And then everything else is just kind of uh, probably going to see some bullpen rolls, unfortunately, for for guys who should be starting. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like with Noah Davis, they could easily see Noah as a reliever. I think. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. And then again. We'll talk about Hartford maybe next week, but like you got Kilkenny, Ruff, Rock, Mason Green was fantastic last year. Case Williams, like you're looking at some names down in Hartford too. It's ridiculous. It's going to be ridiculous. It's, like, and then I it, didn't even mention Victor and Jordy probably in Spokane. Like, like there's well, yeah, so many. I want names. to take this this moment because I think a lot of people do still you know throw around you know some derogatoriness towards the Rockies like they have no pitching. I just will always remember like three, four, five years ago, you just have like random guys starting games in the minors. Now it's like literally a real prospect is going to be filling almost every single rotation spot in the minors. Like the Fresno one, you know, there's, I I think guys just are going to keep getting bumped down. Like maybe that's where Vargas is, uh, even though he's, you know, to me, a top two or three pitcher in the system, it's going to be a really solid prospect at every single spot in the minors. Like it's ridiculous, and just yeah. seeing where it was years ago to now, like I, I'm, I'm shocked. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's coming up. There's a reason. Was it number fifteen, number twenty overall? That might even be. I think are they most, top ten. Most outlets have got to have them top fifteen, and maybe some top ten. Yeah, I would probably toss them in that somewhere between ten and fifteen. Yeah. But, so. There's just a lot of, I think it's kind of the, to piggyback off the point I just made though, you have good prospects at every spot. The each one just comes with odds of breaking out and yeah. <laughs> you've never had this, this level of odds, like where you've got this guy, maybe a one in four chance that he's going to become a, like a, a top 10 prospect in the organization. You've got that at every spot. Like all it takes is someone to click. And then it's like, oh, we've got another, you know, guy who looks like a fourth or fifth starter for the team. Yeah. Two years. Yeah. There's there's just a lot of hope down. And it makes me excited that we're covering that this year because there's going to be so much things that we can watch as we go forward. And like, we didn't even mention the armbar talent. Like there's five, six deep ready to show up, show out there too. Um, But all right, let's end it with this nice little segue top 100 prospect list they're all coming out we gave ours um maybe maybe we touched on that i'll get mike to bring it up here in a second but baseball america mlb and the athletic all released their uh top top prospect list right so the name that everybody sees right tovar 25 for mlb tovar 17 for baseball america and then number 69 nice for the athletic 
Jason, no, is it no, it's Keith Law that does the athletic, right? Yeah. He, and his his descriptions on all of them, he he it explains where and why and all that, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, but Tavares out there, Zach Veen, 27 MLB, 51 baseball America, 54 in the athletic. He's the highest rated Rocky in the athletic. Amador getting some love from every single one of them, which is awesome. 68 MLB, 81 Baseball America, and seven. Nope, that's the wrong one. Where's Amador? 98 in the athletic. Um, I think Keith was a little worried about where he might play coming up. And then Drew Romo. Keith did Keith Law did Drew Romo dirty. <laughs> Left him off. Romo 84 MLB. Um, um 80 number 80 in baseball america and then was just in just missed the athletic article uh by Keith. basically an honorable mention yeah i i didn't i can't remember off the top of my head like what his reasoning was behind it i think it was the hitting piece coming off the injury last year he just didn't make those strides offensively last year i think was the biggest thing for keith um and then that's pretty much all MLB and baseball America. And then Keith really likes Benny Montgomery and Warmie and Bernabel. Uh, Montgomery 79, Bernabel number 90. So the athletic technically has one, two, three, four, five Rockies in the top 100 with number six knocking on the door. And then we have four more in the other two. So like we just talked about the pitching and none of these pitches are on there, which is fine. But like, there's talent across the board and we haven't seen this in a hot minute. It just makes me super happy. Yeah. And I, I just, I don't want us to become the, the, you know, carrying water for the, for the organization. Cause there's so many things we wish were dead. Yes, absolutely. But Dick Monfort, you know, had the, the quote 15 guys could have been in the top 100. Obviously yep. that's ridiculous. <laughs> absolutely but ridiculous. I think the athletic, their thing right here, we're seeing six guys who, if you include Romo, your top top 105, top 110, six guys. There's like four or five more who I think garner consideration for most of these lists. You throw in Jaden Hill. Um, you know, Benny Montgomery is a guy who hasn't gotten on all, on all the lists. Um, I think Jordan Beck deserves some love. Gabriel Hughes is not that far off. Nolan yeah. Jones has peaked at like 50 in the last year or so. Um, like, I, I think you could make the case – that there's like 10 guys in the Rocky system who are like top 150 to 175 prospects. And I know that doesn't sound so glorious, but when, when guys are making these lists, they end up running it down like an extra 20, 30 spots because th there's so little separation between like prospect 90 and prospect 130. Like those oh, guys man. are all clustered together. It's so, like, I think, yeah, Dick Monfort, He's he's on the the loonies with with the fifteen prospects take. But I would make the case that there are ten guys that are in the top one fifty, and that is, I mean, there's probably five or six organizations that can say the same. Yeah, it is. It's a very big bright spot for the Rockies right now. Um, it's just good to talk about <laughs> like the the future is bright, and and that's what we do. However, it's there's actually weight behind it. Like, it's not just us saying that we got Keith and all the guys that do this for a living talking about it. So it's really, really cool. And like, yeah, you mentioned Jaden Hill. We didn't even talk about him at all this spot. Yeah. He should have been he, talked about. He's the hidden figure. Like yeah. who knows where he's getting, he, I think he's a yeah, huge breakout candidate. So 
I saw he, he was hanging out with Jay-Z and the crew last week. He was at some awards thing, something, because he's represented by Jay-Z, Jay-Z's uh, agency. Can't remember oh the name of it. Gosh. And so like he was just surrounded by royalty. It was it was like, all right, you're you're doing your thing. There's a reason you you didn't respond to our DM to come on the pod. Like, <laughs> I get it, man. I get it. Uh, but dude's a stud. Uh, so there's that. And then we're gonna now we're gonna talk about ourselves a little bit. Uh, I don't think we do it enough. <laughs> but we are listing our top 35 prospect lists over the next four weeks. Just last week, I'll put it in the pod description for you if you want to check it out. We just released our 35, 31 through 35 list and some honorable mentions. Um, I'll just give a quick, quick rundown. You go read what we have. You can probably guess who we're, we put on there, um, but maybe pick one or two that you want to talk about, Tyler. Um, but honorable mentions, Hunter Stovall. I don't think the dude gets enough recognition by the pundits. The Rockies seem to like him. He can play wherever he wants. If you've listened to us, you know who he is. So I won't do more about that. Love the guy. Ryan Ritter. That was that's a good name. Just defensive gold glove caliber, something somebody to watch out for um, going forward next year. And then, of course, Duga Darnell is on the honorable mention. Again, he was my number one. He wasn't. But I, it, it's just it's going to be fun to see what he comes back from Australia with what he learned. His, uh, his strikeouts per nine Australia was insane. 13.5 strikeouts per nine in the 18 innings down there, which was love seeing him doing that work. Um, so our top 35 angel Chavilli. I don't know. It's the name that we've really talked about on here. Noah Davis at number 34. Um, number 33 is Gavin Hollowell. Some arm barn love there for y'all. Number 32, Carson Palmquist. Nice little left-hander from out of Miami. Speaking of Miami, number 31, friend of the pod, Chris McMahon, who we haven't talked about. Add that to the starting pitching list there. Um, I guess who do you want to touch? Who do you want to touch on real quick? How do you want to send us out um, out of our top thirty-five? Just keeping it, keeping it outside the top thirty for right now. Not getting, not getting spoilery. Yeah, no spoilers. Um, I mean, I, I, we'll we'll stick with just the two Miami dudes. I think Chris McMahon is has now become kind of a forgotten dude after coming into last season injured before spring training got going. Pretty significant injury missed like the first like two three months of the season i think with hopefully a healthy off season and and start to the year he's gonna be really pushing things along um you know this he was a guy who should have been a first round pick in 2020 and the rockies managed to snag him um in the 30s i don't know exactly what pick he was but dude's really good and then carson palmquist love the upside that he brings as a, as a lefty with um you know a couple really good pitches uh, the slider from the the low slot is going to be nasty. Mm-hmm. So those two guys, I had them both in my top 30. But, you know, that's the fun of doing this is we get just this diverse list with some other guys represented. But the two Miami guys, I think both will jump up and be pretty clear, like top 20 prospects after this season. Yeah, so. agreed. Well put. Yes. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So we put the list together. There's four of us on the on the team. And we all had different criteria. Like Tyler, you probably went about it more of a scout scout way. I put a lot of weight on guys that were close to breaking out in the majors. So like Nolan Jones is high on my list, for example. Um, Nick has his list of 
value doesn't have the guys that are already major league talent or expects to be promoted up to major league on his list. And then Lewis just doing his thing. <laughs> I don't really know what his criteria was. He's new to this new, but he did his research. I know and put some thought and weight into it, but I'm not sure what his criteria was for it. Um, he's new to us. So it was just kind of fun seeing where we all are. Cause I had some guys that were in my top 10 that I think one or two of you guys left off or put down way down so it was a fun experiment so we have our top 30 35 going forward once it's all released we'll have a link in the link tree so you guys can keep up with it and maybe we updated all-star break and at the end of the season and stuff um but we have some fun things coming up for going forward we have a banter session releasing probably the week after this i don't know when this one's going we have some friends of the pod coming back on to talk with us a little bit and i'm working on some more banter sessions creating some new content coming up for and get to know some players, some guys, um, which is probably my favorite thing to do on this. Just having fun with the dudes. So spring training is here. Baseball season is going to be full blown and we are going to do the best we can possibly do to give you the content of the minor leagues and going forward. And as always go rocks and the minor league affiliates. Thank you for watching and listening. Please check out our link tree for more content.